In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas. We are here today with Christy Holly. Christy, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good today, actually. i got to tell you, Christy looks really fine today. She's got her black pants on, her black tank top. Looks very good with her freckles and her, I don't know, you have like reddish blonde hair. Yes, yes, yes. This is my workout attire that didn't get worked out in. <laughs> I put it on in hopes that maybe, maybe, maybe I'll maybe. work out. You know, so in case I do work out, I'm ready to go. Right, in the event that an actual, like a gym throws itself in front of your car. <laughs> yes, I'm and ready. You drive through the gates, get your workout, and come back out, you'll be ready. Yes. Yes, I do this every day. Well, that's good. You're a GTG girl. <laughs> good to go. That's right. Well, we have a great show today. We have um, Denise Bose, a registered nurse, and we're going to ask her all sorts of great questions about um, nursing. She's been a nurse for, what, 24 years? She's been in the ICU for four. But before we get started, I want to talk um, to you guys about going to pepsirefresh.com and signing up for Freedom Dogs. I know some of you who listened to us last week, this is a repeat, so just bear with us, but Freedom Dogs is a really important um, charity. What it does is it takes rescued animals like golden retrievers and Labradors and, you know, dogs that have a propensity towards being a service dog, and um, it, it trains them to be service dogs to our wounded warriors. And um, as, the, um, as our battlefield mortality rates go down and the number of injuries that come back from the Middle East rise, it, these dogs provide a really, really important resource for our service men and women. They can, um, it's amazing what they can do, Christy. This is a dog that, that like can actually start your laundry. <laughs> I need those dogs. I'm going to get a couple of them. I wonder if they, they're colorblind. I don't know how they would sort whites and colors. We get service dogs for the, for the hardworking, slaving housewives that are that are home alone. <laughs> that all have their limbs? Yes. <laughs> Probably not. But, <laughs> but it's a good I thing know. that they are available, and they are, um, they're expensive. You know, they're expensive to, to train, and um, they're very necessary. And um, Pepsi Refresh has a program that Freedom Dogs, last time I checked, they were in the 80s. Okay. Um, yeah, out of thousands and thousands of applicants. And um, we're going to see if Shrick over here can give us the actual numbers on Pepsi Refresh to see where Freedom Dogs is. They're currently ranked 95th, so okay, we need you we guys need to get votes. out and vote. 
And um, it doesn't cost you anything. You just sign up on PepsiRefresh.com. And can you vote more than once? Is it once a day? You can vote day? every day. Every day. Oh, good. Every day. Because the, at the end of the, um, you know, at the end of the challenge, there's going to be an award of $250,000. And that's going to, that's going to provide training for a lot of dogs. And what's great for you animal rights people out there and the animal lovers out there, these are dogs that are rescue dogs. So they're not specifically bred. You know, we're not bringing new creatures onto the planet. They're dogs that would be either set to be euthanized or they're in rescue programs looking for homes, and they find homes and they find a job. So they're recycled dogs. They are, <laughs> they are recycled dogs. <laughs> Reduce the use recycled dogs. Awesome. And when does the challenge end? So how long do we have? We have until January, um, uh, sorry, June. June, June, <laughs> June. We have until June 30th. Okay. And um, if you go on um, some of the different Facebook pages, um, Rick, what's your Facebook page? Rick Swanson? Yeah, look for Rick Swanson. It's on his, he's in Los Angeles, California. It's on his Facebook page, so you can go ahead and vote there directly. You can go to Pepsi Refresh, P-E-P-S-I-R-E-F-R-E-S-H, Dot com or refresheverything.com. That's the other site. I know there's a couple of them. And Freedom Dogs. Freedom Dogs is what we're going to look for. Just imagine if, if we voted 15 times, because what stays the 15th, if everybody voted for the next 15 days, we can, we can push that up so we they can, can totally push can those totally numbers make up. a difference. You know, and, um, you know, these guys, it's not much to ask. You know, these guys go over and they fight, guys and gals go over yep. and they, some of them give their lives, they give their mobility, they give a lot. Uh, for the freedoms that we ask for today, and what do we ask for? Just go to our website and vote. <laughs> exactly. You know, no money. Easy to do. Easy to do. Easy to do. So thanks, you guys, for letting me plug Freedom Dogs because they're near and dear to my heart. And um, Freedom Dogs is also the program that my sister radio show, a Military Mom Talk Radio, that airs on Mondays um, here on TogiNet. Um, Tina Gonzalez, my co-host, her husband is a um, is a recipient of one of the Freedom Dogs. So made a huge difference in his life. And one of the things he talked about also was the companionship that the Freedom Dogs provide, that when these soldiers come home, you know, from an unnatural situation like a war, they can suffer from PTSD, they can have TBIs, traumatic brain injuries, all these different things. And the Freedom Dog trains with the soldier coming home, and it's just an amazing program. So check it out, Freedom Dogs. Go to Pepsi Refresh. Go to Refresh Everything. Vote Freedom Dogs, Freedom Dogs, Freedom Dogs. I'm done with my Freedom Dogs spiel. Yes. Vote. Okay. Vote. All right. So, Christy, yes. we're going to talk about hospitals and emergency rooms today. You ever been to one? I've been. Yes, I have, actually. Um, I, I was just thinking about all the injuries we've had with the kids, and I'm a little ashamed to say that I was the wimp and didn't go. My husband went. Yeah, but he's also more qualified to go than you. Um, he is. He's, you know, calm, cool, and collected, where I was, you know, in a no, panic. No, he's a firefighter. I know. Calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he has to be. But, um, you know, when I, we, uh, I did take um, my little guy, Nicholas, to the emergency room because he had pneumonia um, two, I guess it's been two years ago, and it was the middle of the night, and I took my mom with me. But, you know, it was, it was not, you know, it, it was not a pleasant thing to do. You know, you have to wait and, you know, the baby's crying and he's sick and, and it was, you know, it's tough. It's tough, you know, and, but the doctors and the nurses, like, I think they can make or break your experience, 
you know, because if they're rude to you, then you're just like all the more uptight and upset and you come in there upset and uptight anyway. So, you know, I don't know. No, it's hard. It's like you're already in a stressful situation. It's your kid or your family member. So you're, you know, tweaked as it is. But then to come in, you know, and the hard thing, you know, that I think about, and this is one of the things we're going to talk to Denise about, is, you know, for us, going to the hospital or going to the emergency is is a relatively rare thing. It is. I mean, for me, like, you don't go to the hospital unless you are, like, bleeding, like, really bad or, like, you're dying. I mean, you know, right. I don't know. I mean, some people go there because to the emergency room because they're not feeling well. You know, like, they feel like they have the cold or the flu, and I know that because my, my husband is a firefighter who tells me those things. That they, <laughs> they, they transport people that have headaches and stuff, little ones. Um, Not like big, because I had a migraine one where I couldn't see once, and that was a bad one. I was scared. I actually went to the emergency room for that one. So, you know, we're going to classify migraines different than just a headache. But, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard. It's like, and sometimes, too, like, I don't want to go to the emergency room for the sheer purpose of <laughs> A bunch of sick people there. I know. I know. Like, do we really want to get I what, they, what have? they have? I know. <laughs> like, I better be knocking on death door before I go in the emergency room because I'll what probably I'm pick up something worse than what I had going in. This is yes. Yeah. Well, and especially like for you know, this is motherhood talk radio. So when you talk about going to the emergency room, I do think twice about taking my kids with me because my toddler Wacky. I mean, he lays all over the floor. He'll lick the seats. <laughs> 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 I know it's it's hard to control them when you're worried about the other one who's really sick, but then you probably come home with two other sick kids. <laughs> Absolutely, or they're like you know. I remember the last time uh, you know I had to go, and it was a couple years ago, and it was with Wacky. He stopped breathing. He had trouble breathing, and so that was you know the reason I took him. But I had to take Max with me, and Max had his pajamas on, and he has monkey in his blanket, and he was like swimming in the germs on the floor. He was like. Laying on the oh. floor, like dragging his blanket. I think he picked up every germ there. Well, he'll be one of the, he'll be resistant to some of those diseases later. <laughs> That's right. Picking up the resistance. Picking up the resistance. Well, so um, Denise, are you online with us today? Can we, do we hear Denise? I don't hear I, Denise. I didn't hear Denise. Denise. I'm, Denise. Hello. Oh, oh there, there you are. are. <laughs> there you okay. are. It's so weird. It's like a delay. Are you there in another is a delay country? on my end too. Oh, can we hear each other? Uh, I can. I can. let's do it again. Let's do it again. Okay, Denise, say hi. I'm Denise. Hi, I'm Denise. Okay, well that's a little bit better. We've got a couple minutes to the break, and um, there is a delay today, so bear with us if we sound like idiots <laughs> on the air. We probably do. <laughs> you know, we do on a good day, anyways. <laughs> it's fun. So, Denise, tell us a little bit about your background. We have about a minute for you to let us know everything that's important to know about you. <laughs> well, um, as Sandra said, I've been a nurse for 24 years, four of that, the last four of that in the ICU at a major trauma center here in California. And um, talking about swimming in germs drives me crazy when parents let their kids crawl all over the floor after I've told them, they clean the floors, but there's still germs on them. So I have to say that was one thing that definitely grosses me out. Um, but uh, I have two daughters, Kaylee, 14, and Emily, 7. And um, I work uh, not only in the ICU, but I teach nursing for a local community college as well. So I keep busy between the three, uh, the three jobs that I'm carrying. So. 
Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, that's a lot, Denise. You're an amazing woman. You're a very good um, friend of mine. You've been instrumental when my kids are sick, and I'm like, should I take them to the doctor? Should I not? Because, you know, not all of us pass, you know, motherhood with flying colors, <laughs> and um, it's just difficult. So um, I'm so glad that you're here today because, you know, there's some things, too, that I've noticed about um, about, you know, emergency rooms and not knowing when to do or what to do, and it's so great that you can be here today with us to talk about some of the do's and don'ts. We're here today with Christy Holly. This is Motherhood Talk Radio. We're here with Denise Bose, who is a registered nurse of 24 years, four years in the ICU, and we're going to have lots of fun when we get back from the break. your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Girlfriended is on Toginet, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story. Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holland. Hey, moms. We are here today with our medical show. Doesn't that sound impressive? It does, it does. It actually makes me feel like I'm a doctor. Okay, I have to say one thing. Denise, my friend. Yes. Um, I'm just going to say 
because I know you said you're irritated with all the moms and people that let their kids crawl over the floor. Some of us don't let them do it. They just do it, and you can't control it. That's all I want to say. Oh, no, I understand that. Okay. It, it's more when they're coming to visit people and uh, they, their family members ill to begin with, and they set their purses on the floor, they set their kids on the floor, and like, yeah. please just pick them up and take them outside. I know. But, I am guilty, though. I have to say, I've gone to visit people, and you're just kind of like, okay, just be quiet, <laughs> and they're on the floor, and you think like, oh, well, you know, huh, we'll wash them later. But, I, okay, I will, I will follow direction. Man, I was or so at least use the mom, at least use the hand sanitizer. That's all I ask. Okay, okay. Sanitizer. I just wanted to clarify that. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> mom, fight, mom, fight. You know, I want to segue for a second and tell you about a fight my mom got in with another mom when I was a little girl. We were in a restaurant, and to be fair, I grew up in the country, and my mom would just let us run wild. You know. Her way of calling us in at the end of the day was to whistle at the end of our dock so everybody would come in from wherever they were on the <laughs> lake or in the hills, and we'd hear this whistle like dogs. We'd come running. And um, so my mom was in uh, Bob and Ruth, which is at the head of our lake, and another mom was there, and this mom is very, very well-groomed. You know, they always had new cars, and, you know, they just were not anything like us. And she used to get mad at my brother because he would, like, drive the boat hell-bent for leather and, like, drop us off at the dock, and my sister and I would water ski, and we would dry dock start. We'd actually stand on the dock and jump in the water on our skis so we would not get our hair wet for church. That's great. <laughs> it was. It was. I thought we were I know. cool. That is cool. She didn't. And um, we were at Bob and Ruth one time, and my mom was taking us. Uh, we were all walking by, and I'm sure my sister and I looked like we were dragged to the hedge backwards, but, <laughs> you know, she's made some comment. And my mom, who was almost a nun, you know, she's like this sweet little woman, looks at her, and she's like, um, she goes, what did you say? And then we were all, like, we were all on alert, you know, because it's like, you know, my brother's not a throwdown with anybody. I don't care if it's my mom's friend. <laughs> and she, like, makes some snarky little comment. I don't even know what it was. But my mom was like, she got right in her face, and she goes, are you talking about my kids? You want to go outside? And, you know, my brothers and I were like, yeah, it's a mom fight. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm hoping there would one be today. No, no, I'm, I'm, Denise, Denise is, she's not that kind of a mom. Oh, I'm, not was... that, I'm not either. Are you kidding? You two nitwits. If I had to be in a mom fight with someone, I would want Denise on one side and Christy on the other because we would kick some serious mom, you know what. <laughs> You better believe it. <laughs> you better believe it. And if we got our asses kicked, Denise would there be to fix us. Exactly. Like, oh, I have a broken bone. No. <laughs> and worst case scenario, I'll bring my kids in, too, with karate and Krav Maga. They should be able to take care of us as well. So. <laughs> I have to apologize for us for using that bad word on the air. I know. <laughs> but can't you say it on, like, network TV? Yeah, but this is... Yeah. Radio. <laughs> you know, George Carlin had seven words you can't say on TV. I don't think you can say it on radio either. So No, no. All right. I apologize again for the second time. <laughs> so what are we talking about? All right. Today we're going to talk about summer injuries because according to, um, oh, my gosh, Viking says I can say whatever I want on Internet radio. Woohoo! All right. Thank I'll just some profanity later. Um <laughs> But, uh, send all your emails and complaints to, to uh, send them to Rick, Rick Swanson, <laughs> at gmail.com. You can get them all. <laughs> Poor Rick. Uh, okay, so I guess, you know, I was looking, um, the University of Michigan, who I really don't like because I went to Northwestern, they have a great health minute, though. 
And they were talking about summer months bring more injuries to the emergency room than any other time of year. Denise, do you feel that's true, or do you think that you get them, you know, pretty consistent year-round? No, I would have to say um, spring and summer are probably the most um, common, mostly because people are out and about more. Um, They're doing their spring cleaning, getting up on ladders, and then falling off them promptly, um, breaking their heads open, so to speak. And uh, they're out on the road more, and they take a few more chances out on the road as well. So um, they hop on their motorcycles, et cetera, and they go a little too fast and get themselves involved in accidents. So I would have to say it's definitely more um, more busy in the emergency room in the spring and summertime. Yeah, well, I would think boating. I mean, well, the the, survey, or the, um, the article here talks about that there's more drivers on the road, you know, many who are out of school and on summer break and they're relatively inexperienced or they might not drive during the school year. Um, so they were talking about that being a big part of it. And then um, the kids being outside, you know, and not wearing helmets. And um, Denise, do you see a lot of kids come into the emergency room with head injuries that could have been prevented by a helmet? Oh, most definitely. Um, a lot of parents don't feel it's necessary for their kids to wear helmets when they're riding a bike, even though there is a law for that, I believe, here in California anyway. Um, and they're riding ATVs, horses, um, I see it uh, all the time, and sometimes I'll even stop when people are riding their horses on the side of the road and tell them their kids should be wearing a helmet. Um, If they choose not to wear one and they're over 18, that's their business, but their children should be wearing one to prevent um, one heck of a head injury. I've seen some really bad ones in the ICU, so um, I would have to say I'm definitely a proponent for helmet safety. Well, and I think, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of us really just, you know, we're either really judicious about wearing helmets or we're like, oh, you know, he'll be fine, he'll be fine, because I think, you know, most of us grew up without helmets. <laughs> we grew up without seatbelts. Well, as I was going to say, we were without seatbelts even. when I remember standing up in the back seat of my mom's car. <laughs> sure. We, I was in the back of my dad's big green pickup truck, you know, and there was no seats. We would just bounce around and hold on. <laughs> well, cars were made like tanks back then, though, too. So nowadays they're they're made of uh, much less expensive and less sturdy via, or materials, so you're asking for trouble. I, well, you know, and coming from you, you know, you see the end result. We can, you know, laugh and giggle about <laughs> head injuries, but, you know, we don't deal with them on a daily basis like you do, and, and these families that, you know, have to, to um, you know, manage children who have had head injuries and go on into adulthood, it can, it can be really difficult. Yes, it most definitely can. People don't uh, realize that the brain is not one of those um, body organs that can regenerate itself. So once the damage is done, it's done. So um, just people have to keep that in mind, I guess. But uh, you know, the same the same goes for you know keeping your an eye on your kids when they're you're either at the beach or by the pool as well. So. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I've I've been rumored. I've actually been called to my face the pool Nazi um, because I was a lifeguard for many years. And um, you know, there's the time it takes to answer a phone, or you know, even um, just you know, a, a seasoned person like my. I can tell a funny story about a family member who I won't name because she get really mad at me because we grew up together and she's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, we were at the pool one day with my brothers, and her little three-year-old at the time jumped in the hot tub, sunk right to the bottom, and 
my brothers are sitting there laughing. I'm talking to my sister around the edge. And I said, hey, what's Austin doing down there? And she looked down, and she's like, you guys know he can't swim. You know, <laughs> four trained lifeguards sitting there. You know, finally, I think my older brother plucked him out. But, um, you know, you don't think of these things and how fast a head injury can occur in the water. Happens no, very true. You know, not to mention a drowning. Drowning can occur in, in less than two minutes, and it can be in an inch of water. It doesn't even have to be uh, a great big pool. So you really do have to keep an eye on your kids around the water as well. Are those like bathtub injuries you see? Bathtub, hot tub, uh, pool injuries as well. Kids jumping in the pool, you know, jumping a little bit too close, hit their head on the side of the pool, and um, that's all it takes. You can walk in the house to go get um, some lemonade for your kids and come back out and your kid can be lying on the bottom of the pool. So, um, you know, it's it's something you definitely have to keep in mind and, and uh, you know, have somebody watching them, even if it's, you know, an older sibling, at least someone to keep an eye on to know that they're safe and until you can come right back out and be with them. So, Well, I think especially, you know, my pool has an electronic pool cover on it, but if you have a pool cover or if you have a pool that's oddly shaped, you can't get a pool cover on it. And, it's, you know, there does have to be an adult present or, you know, even a lifeguard, somebody assigned as a lifeguard present, you know, when the kids are in the pool because it is so fast and it is so... Um, the damage is so irreversible. Right. No, and I commend you for having the the pool cover as well as a fence around your pool so that people can't just wander on your property and, and, you know, drown in your pool without you knowing about it and, uh, you know, on comes the lawsuit. So, you know, California is quite the litigious state. It is. It is. But I can tell you, you know, the reason that I became a pool Nazi is that um, I used to be a guard in uh, on Lake Michigan when I lived in Chicago. And we had to, you know, we had to get a whole group of people to make a chain of arms to walk all the way out chest deep and, you know, walk the bottom of the lake uh, to find a little boy. And we did find him and he did die. And um, it was very quick. And it's one of those things that you can't ever get back. And, um, you know, so you can't be too safe around a pool. You can't be too safe around any body of water. And, um, Christy, you were saying, <laughs> don't go. Christy has a good rule about the water with little kids. Which rule are you talking about? The rule about? you walked in that was like, I'm not taking my kids to the beach. I'm not taking oh. my kids to the beach. Oh, you know, well, you're saying all these things could happen, and I just don't go to the beach. <laughs> don't go. You won't get that terrible sunburn, because I'm sure you must see a lot of crazy sunburns. Um, yeah, I know I've up had to a second and third degree burn from the sun. Yes, I know, I'm just saying. I'm, I know I've had those on my white, white skin. Um, stay home. Stay home. <laughs> stay home. Don't Just go outside. Lock your children in the room <laughs> until they're 21. And or what does Obama's health insurance go to today? 26. So you can be on the family health insurance till you're 26. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, you know, it's a well, so much for kicking a kid out at 18, then, huh? No, no, you can't get out at 18 anymore. I'm kidding. Oh well, you guys, we're about ready to go to break. We're here with Denise Bose, and she is an ICU nurse with, um, i got to look at my notes here, because even though I know her personally, I can never remember how many years she's been at the hospital, 24 years. She's been with the ICU for four, and um, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some funny hospital stories from Denise. Tunes would be good. <laughs> well... Oh, here comes the tune. Okay, good. 
Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. No more mommy madness. This Sanity Hour is the antidote. It's the Sanity Hour with Ann Dunnamall. Monday evenings at 6, 7 central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Join Ann as she guides parents through issues that arise from simply living in our current high-energy, high-pressure culture of perfection and achievement. Moms and dads are bombarded daily. Sign up for this, buy that, enrich your child's life, enhance your child's development. Worry about this danger. Provide this experience. Ann Dunnamall, Ph.D., is here to help. She's a licensed psychologist in independent practice in Dallas, specializing in women's mental health issues. And her mission here is to help women sort out the guilt and anxiety of the unrealistic demand of motherhood on a daily basis. For more information on her and her books, go to andunnewald.com. That's A-N-N-D-U-N-N-E-W-O-L-D.com. Arming women against the pressures of modern motherhood. Here to give moms balance and expectations. Cutting themselves some slack. It's the Sanity Hour with Ann Dunnewald. Monday evenings at 6, 7 Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. And I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, redesigning, building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to motherhood talk radio the most powerful voice in women's issues for more information check out the website motherhoodtalkradio.com now let's get back to the show with your host sandra back and christy holly Moms, this is Sandra Beck coming to you live with Christy Holly. And all right, what are you doing? Are you drinking? Are you getting eating? coffee? <laughs> I'm getting coffee. Getting more coffee. Okay, it's three thirty in the afternoon here, and uh, Christy, I don't know what you're doing, but you're getting coffee, and um, I can hear you clinking oh, around. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay, we are here with Denise Bose, and she's an intensive care nurse right now. Currently, she has been for four years. Prior to that. 24 years in the ICU. Denise, you must have seen some pretty wild things in your day. I can say that I honestly have definitely seen quite a few crazy things in my days. Do you have any good stories you want to share with us? Well, we did have uh, one gentleman in the ER that that came in, probably had some psych issues, I would have to guess, and um, he was very angry because he couldn't get anything to drink because he was going to have to have... Um, some type of surgery. I don't even remember what now. Um, so he eventually rocked himself back and forth until he could stand up with the gurney still strapped to his back <laughs> and went to uh, run after the nurse in uh, and hit the door jam with the with the gurney and kept trying to go through and the gurney kept hitting the the, the door jam. I mean, I guess you had to be there, but it was hilarious. 
Oh, my gosh. No, I can just see this man trying to get through the door with a gurney strapped to his back <laughs> and not being able to fit through. <laughs> that That is uh, definitely one of the, the funnier ones. And um, we had a, a gentleman one time who was in isolation, and he was on his call light at least every two to three minutes, maybe every five minutes. And it would be for something as simple as to hand him his water, which was reachable distance. And, uh, and every time we'd have to go into the room, we'd have to put on all the garb, the gowns, the gloves, the masks, everything. So finally, uh, my friend, who happened to be his nurse for that day, told him if he hit the call light one more time, it was going to eject him from the bed and flat <laughs> against the wall he would go. And uh, that at least bought her 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. See, nurses are people, too. Nurses are people, too. So, yes, well, you have to have a sense of humor in the job. Otherwise, uh, you would be one down, depressed person every day. I can imagine. I can so. imagine. Christy, how about you? You ever been in the hospital? Had any good stories? Well, I was just thinking when you talked about the isolation thing, that brought up something. When I first met my husband, um, he he got meningitis. He felt sick, so he said, oh, I don't feel good, take me to the emergency room, which at that time I thought, okay. <laughs> Big loser. <laughs> yeah, we're going because you don't feel good. But, you know, we got there, and he was just really sick. He, you know, they ended up giving him a spinal tap, and and it was, you know, we were there all night long, and it turned out that he had meningitis. So they put him in a room, an isolation room, and, you know, I was there with him the whole time. Well, technically, you saved his life. Technically, I did. He owes you. This is true. Forever. Is true. Forever. I know. I know. I don't know. Well, so as the people are coming in, the nurses are coming in with all their, you call it garb, whatever, you, you know, all their hazmat suits. Yes, yes, I'm sitting there going, hmm, there's a problem. Like, how come they didn't give anything to me? Well, you already walked in with him. You're covered with germs. You're I know, wife. but well, how come like nobody said like oh, you should probably have a mask on or like when I left, like nobody was nobody even cared. They're coming in well, all protected, and I'm sitting there with you know nothing. Basically, it's exactly what she said. It, the, the reason they don't have you put it all on is they figure you've already been exposed to him and all of his germs. So you don't have to wear the same type of garb that we do. So, like, what if I had it and just went and spread it to all the people at work? I mean, well, I got out of work that day. Well, you did some good hand washing. That, that, ideally, that would be the case. But uh, I, um, it probably should, should have been somebody's responsibility to make sure you at least washed your hands when you walked out of the room. <laughs> and I think I would have went home and taken a hot shower. I, well, I got to call in to sick, I call in sick to work. I said, I'm, I could be have meningitis, so do you want me to come in? <laughs> so, I mean, that I'm was thinking good. they said no. Yeah, they did say no, so that was a little day off. But I've been in, when I had, um, <clears throat> well, I've had three C-sections. So uh, the last time I got really, really, really sick, I, well, I got, I had, I think I had a drug reaction to whatever they gave me. So I was like hot and sweaty and itchy and like just like, you know, like just moving all around. And I got... It does happen when you're in labor. I, well, I, it was after. Oh, it was it after. It was after. Okay. Like I was like had these weird twitches and my skin itched and 
I had vomited in my hair. Ew. I know. It was I'd have horrible. to guess morphine, but. <laughs> it was horrible. And, like, the hospital was overcrowded, so they put me in a room with this other girl who, you know, she looked beautiful after her C-section. I looked like hell because I had vomit in my hair, and I was sweaty and I was itchy and jerking all around. <laughs> and, you know, my doctor came in, and I had this catheter, you know, there was, oh, where the catheter goes. Yeah, where the catheter goes. I was, and my doctor comes in, and he's like, oh, hi, because we're sharing a room with this beautiful girl who just gave birth. And he's like, oh, you look so beautiful. And he looks at me, and he goes, oh, now you look like you've just had a baby. <laughs> I, I mean, really? Really? I, that I doctor like, feel good? Thank you very much. I know. I just wanted to beat him. But that's my... But you couldn't afford it, because then he would sue you. <laughs> exactly. So he's still my doctor because I love him. Yeah, he's got to pay his malpractice insurance somehow. Exactly. So anyhow, that's my story. Oh, well, that's a good story. So, Denise, like from your point of view, you know, we're here going like, you know, we're the service people of the nurses. The the nurses take care of us when we're sick, and thank God that they do. Um, But, um, you know, what are some things that we can do when we're in either the emergency room or we're in the hospital that can actually make for a more harmonious relationship because, you know, when I had my my first son, I was in the hospital for 10 days after I had him. I had complications, and I happened to be running a company at the time and the only one who could sign certain things, so they kept faxing stuff to the nurse's station. Mm-hmm. And the nurses, to a point, were really helpful, but by the third day, they're like, hey, look, we went to nursing school. We're not secretaries, and I kept jamming up their fax, and I was trying to use my computer, which actually brought the phone system down on the floor because it looked like a <laughs> It just looked like a general phone plug to me. <laughs> so you're um, sure you were their favorite patient? <laughs> you know, I was their least favorite patient until about day three, and then I called my company and said, okay, we need to send, we sent fruit baskets, we sent cheese platters, we sent flowers, you know, everything we could do to the nurse's station. And i got to tell you, nurses can be bought. <laughs> yeah, chocolate works really well, too, I have to say. Chocolate is definitely, a, you know, sees candy, nuts and chews preferably, but um, <laughs> any of that works. Um well, it being swimsuit season, probably the fruit baskets would be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but what uh, are some things that we can do? Like if we're in the emergency room or we're, you know, in the hospital for whatever reason, whether we're a patient, whether we're caring for a family member while we're there, what are some things that, like, what would be your advice to somebody going to the hospital for whatever reason to kind of get the best service possible? Um, I, well, I would have to say is bear with us because um, a lot of times the emergency room, Emergency rooms are busy. Some people are there for more critical things than than you might be there for, and they do triage you when they bring you in. So, they what does that do mean? What, we, we don't triage, know what that they, means. They you watch assess the situation and um, determine whether or not it's something that emergently needs to be seen, or it's something that can wait a little while, and then the least critical patients are seen after that. You know, for example, so kind of like comes splinters in to the left. You know, heart attack to the right. Right, right. So they they make the decision as to where people um, where people fall in the in the being called in uh, type. Like for example, when my husband was quite ill and passed out in the um, the waiting room of the emergency room, they brought him in and his blood pressure was seventy over forty. They took mm-hmm. him right in. Um, whereas the the person with the little kid with an earache. Uh, had to wait for a little while. So um, 
that would be one thing. Um, probably one of the biggest things I can say is if you have a large family, make one person the spokesperson and have everybody else call that person rather than calling the nurse's station. Because if you're getting 40 phone calls a day from family members, you can't care for the patient, and that's what you're there for. So um, I would say that would be something that would also um, make the nurses a little bit happier. Um, I do have to say, though, if, if a nurse has gotten to the point where she's lost her compassion, she needs to get out of the job. But um, that's just a personal feeling. But um, definitely, you know, if you, you know, if you need something, call for it. But, um, you know, try and try and group it together. But understand if we don't answer your call light immediately, it's because we're caring for one of our um, one of our other patients as well, and that we'll get there as quickly as we can. Well, and I think that's, you know, that whole communication thing, I see that a lot. Um, you know, when there's a big family, like even when I had my second son, um, you know, I was actually in the hospital, just me and my son, um, because I don't have any family out here. And um, my ex-husband, one of the reasons he is my ex-husband, you know, wasn't around for most of it. But the girl in the bed next to me, I'm like, how many how many brothers and sisters do you have? And, you know, and they were all swarming in on the poor nurse, and they all wanted, you know, and they were all asking, like, the same question over and over. You know, definitely, and, and that happens all the time. And, and people have to realize, too, I mean, maybe not so much in the maternity area, but in other, um, in other areas of the hospital, um, that patients need to rest as well. Um, we, uh, the hospital I work for has instituted quiet time in the afternoon where there are no, there is no visitation, the lights are dimmed, and the patients can rest because sometimes patients get visitors every five minutes, um, and you know, it, they're not getting any rest. They can't heal if they can't sleep or rest. So right, because our bodies do heal, they do grow. You know, when we're resting. Right. And I would think exactly. you guys need a break. Yeah, yeah, we do as well, <laughs> um, especially from the million questions. But um, it does give us a chance to catch up on maybe some charting and stuff that we didn't get done because we're busy at the bedside. So, Well, speaking of breaks, we're about to go to break. We're here with Denise Bose, and she is a registered nurse. She has been one for 24 years. She's also been in the ICU for the past four, Christy has shared with us some remarkable stories from her life. <laughs> remarkable. Yeah, just remarkable. But, you know, we get to know you over the air. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's, it's all good. good. We're going to come back after the break, and we're going to have some great stories. Um, we're going to have a really great story from Denise about one of the most amazing things that have ever happened to a nurse. your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Combine Snide and Remark, and you've got Snark. Combine Lisa Mena and Valia Alvarez on Monday nights, and you've got Deep Dish Snark. Monday nights at 9, 8 Central, part of the Her Insight Network. When you've had enough at work or at home, 
and you're ready to laugh, join Lisa and Value for their no BS look at the world and the people in it. They'll be serving up a no-holds-barred take on pop culture, current events, entertainment, and family matters with segments like Accidentally Helpful, TV is Not My Hobby, and Who Sucks This Week? Deep Dish Snark delivers something for every girl who enjoys life with a dash of sarcasm. Lisa Manna is a former TV news anchor turned stay-at-home mom. She's making sure if anyone screws up her kids, it's her. Valia Alvarez suffers life as a jack-of-all-trades, mistress of none, by juggling a PR career, marriage, motherhood, and more. Don't miss Deep Dish Snark with Lisa Manna and Valia Alvarez. Monday nights at 9, 8 Central. Part of the Her Inside Network on Toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your host, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. Hey, moms, we're here. Christy and I are chatting away just like two magpies and, um, <laughs> you know... Gosh, I hope you didn't hear what we were talking about, but maybe you did. <clears throat> maybe. Maybe. Um, so we're here with Denise Bose, and we were talking about um, pool issues, safety issues, and, um, you know, some kind of do's and don'ts when you're in the hospital, let the nurses do their job. And um, I think the thing that came out of the last segment that to me was was most powerful was that especially if you're there, if you're from a big extended family or there's a lot of people there, appoint one person to go to the nurse's station, one person to interact with the nurse to get the information, and then that person funnel the information back to the other family members because the nurses do have a vital job to do there. And, um, Denise, what's most amazing about you always to me is your unbelievable compassion. You seem to have just, you know, a wealth of it that, um, you know, and I think even at the one of the hospitals you worked for, you were in the running for most compassionate of all the nurses. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, this past year, I was um, up for it during Nurses Week, uh, most compassionate. Didn't win, but I was a runner-up, and it was nice to be nominated, just like an Emmy or a, an Oscar. So. Right, for your profession. Well, you're a winner with us, so, and that's why we have you on the show today. Um, and about a year ago, you shared a story with me um, about a baby that you were taking care of, and I was wondering if you'd be willing to share that story with our listeners today. Sure, not a problem. Um, that story actually occurred quite early in my career. Um, when I was um, working in the, the uh, neonatal intensive care unit um, of a, a large metropolitan hospital. And um, the, uh, 
the baby was a was a twin with two young parents. Um, dad was in the military and was uh, brought home on an emergency basis because um, his wife went into labor. And um, unfortunately, the one twin died shortly after birth, but the other twin had survived and uh, had been doing well, but developed some complications. Um, and I had just uh, been on vacation, actually. I was the child's primary nurse and was caring for her on uh, any day that I was working. And um, she developed some major complications and was not expected to survive. So um, that one particular night, I was uh, asked to be at the bedside um, because the baby wasn't expected to survive the evening. Um, when we knew the time was coming close, um, we did call the both parents and let them know uh, to come on in, and they asked that I at least stay with the baby. They were coming as quickly as they could, but they had quite a distance to drive. Um, at that point, um, I could see that the, the family wasn't going to make it in, so um, I wrapped the little girl in my in, in a nicely in a blanket and uh, held her in my arms in a rocking chair. And um, as I watched the uh, monitor go down to zero, sorry, um, I could feel her spirit come through my hands and my arms, um, up through in my heart and um, out the top of my head. Uh, I have to say it was probably the most spiritual experience I've ever had. Um, and... Um, this day, I still remember it, and that happened 23 years ago. So, um, But I do have to say that, you know, we do as nurses help uh, not only help people to get well, but we also help them to have a, um, a peaceful and, and meaningful death. And I will say that the family was, of course, devastated that they didn't make it there, but they were happy to know that their baby was not alone at the time she passed. And um, I did, you know, tell them about feeling her spirit come through me, and um, they said that was more than they could ever ask for. So um, I do have to say that, you know, nursing has its ups and downs, but, you know, some people touch your heart, and um, you don't forget them. It's an amazing story, Denise, and it's, What's more amazing is that, you know, we take for granted, you know, we go to the hospital, we, you know, ask for this, we ask for that, you know, we need, um, we need, we need, we need when we go there. And, you know, there are these nurses and doctors that are giving and giving and, you know, that kind of giving is, is unbelievable. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's part of the job and, um, but it's an integral part and people, you know, People coming into nursing for the first time, um, if you're in it for the money, I mean, granted, the money's good, don't get me wrong, but uh, if you're in it for the money, that then you're in it for the wrong reason. You need to be in it to, to, to help people, in it to um, help them either get well or, like I said, get, you know, have a peaceful, you know, end to your life. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, it's something I've always... I've always known I was going to be in the medical field, just didn't know exactly in what capacity. But uh, I can honestly say I don't question for a minute the uh, the fact that I chose nursing as a profession. So, Well, and you're also an educator as a nurse. You're educating young nurses today. That is true. I am 
do teach um, clinical nursing for a local community college as well. So I try to instill in those, you know, my students uh, the fact that, you know, it's okay to cry. Um, I mean, don't be crying harder than your patient, <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> to cry if they share something with you. Um, I mean, if you're wailing and they're they're trying to, you know, console you, then you're probably overdoing it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it is you okay. definitely so have to, you know, that. have to have the compassion and, and, you know, you have to put yourself in their place too. They're not well. They're not feeling good. You know, they're going to be cranky. It's understandable. And you just, you know, have to try to make them as comfortable as you can. And, and, uh, you know, some people are just playing cranky and it's not going to matter what you do. So <laughs> you have to realize that too. Well, and what are some other things for any of our listeners out there that might think about going into nursing? What do you think the best part of nursing is? Um, I would have I would have to say um, seeing you know seeing that you've made a difference, um, seeing that you've either helped that person go from a devastating situation to a better situation, or you know that you've helped them to deal with whatever it is that they might need to deal with. And, um, you know, it's just, it's rewarding to see. We've had patients come back that we didn't expect would survive that did. And and one of our former patients actually came back and has decided to go to nursing school because he wanted to give back what he, um, what he received. So, you know, it, it's nice to know you made a difference in that respect. So... What's some of the hard things about being a nurse that, you know, people may not realize? Um, the long hours, the having to put up with um, some egos, uh, mostly doctors' egos. No offense to any doctors out there, but um, <laughs> so there the are a fair number of them that one. have egos that, uh, you know, need to be stroked regularly, and after a while it gets a little exhausting to do that and care for your patients. So, um I would have to say, you know, and then, you know, dealing with, you know, some family members that are a little overbearing and have, you know, don't realize that we're trying to help their family member. Um, they only see it in their way, but you have to put yourself again in their in their shoes and, and, you know, think about it being your mom or your dad or your family member. And, uh, and sometimes it's a little easier to deal with that. Well, and to me, and I'm sure this is going to anger a lot of doctors out there, but... To me, you know, in the times that I've spent in the hospital and my, my first son was in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, you know, to me the nurses are really the unsung heroes of the hospital because, you know, it's like when you think about having a baby, um, even just, you know, that, that kind of simple fact of life, you know, the nurses are the ones who care for you. You know, by the time the baby's ready to come out, sure, the doctor comes in for that moment of glory, but, you know, the other 22 hours... <laughs> You know, you're there with the nursing staff, and um, and I'd like to share just this funny little story about you know when I was in labor with my first son, it wasn't showing up on the monitors, and it wasn't you know nothing was going right with this labor, and the doctor would come in and he would puzzle and he would talk to the nurses and puzzle again and blah blah blah, and then you know this little old Russian nurse that everybody hated who was mean as sin, and she was she was mean to me. And um, but she came in and she's like, "You're having back labor. You need to do this, this, and this." And, you know, she just came in and she took charge. And, and she wasn't the doctor. She was just a nurse who had been delivering babies for 30 years. And, um, you know, so they really truly are. You guys are the unsung heroes of the hospital. 
Well, and I don't think people realize that we're there 24-7, maybe not specifically one nurse, but the nurses are there 24-7. The doctors come in for 10 minutes, write their note, and make their money. So, um, you know, granted, there are some doctors that are absolutely fantastic, and there are others that aren't so much. Um, but um, I feel that we do a vital job, and... Um, you know, I like I said, I, I probably will do it until I'm old and decrepit and just can't walk around those halls anymore. Until you become the patient. <laughs> yeah. Well, God willing, I hope not. But uh, no offense to any of my nurse friends out there, but I don't want my weight put up on the whiteboard. So <laughs> they already know my rules for if I end up in the ICU. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I said the same thing to you when I was having my one of my kids, I told the nurse, I'm like, do not, under any circumstances, talk about my weight in front of my husband. <laughs> One thing to know how much you weigh, it's another thing for for them to, like, actually, like, you know, guess. Because they don't usually well, guess right, but that was my thing. It's like, Well, at least, at least if they're going to do it, put it in kilograms because it looks better that way. This is true. Right, either put it in kilograms or put it if I was standing on the planet Mars. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. When you're on Mars, you weigh 40% less. There you go. 40, 40% yeah, But that is, is good. That's one of the embarrassing things, I think, for all of us when we go in, no matter what we're in there for. And I remember one guy, like, and I was really fit and trim. I was in college, but I was, you know, a college swimmer and a college athlete, and I stood on the scale, and the guy, the male nurse, was like, damn, girl, you weigh a lot. <gasps> I, like, I almost punched that man. I don't care that he was wearing a uniform. I just, you know, you just, you just don't say those things. Well, you know what, girls? We are out of time. We had a great show today. Christy, I want to thank you for being my lovely co-host as always. And um, Denise, you were fabulous. And, you know, I want to put a note out to the family of that little girl to say, you know, we're so sorry that that happened, but we're so thankful that Denise was there and that, you know, we can hope that if any of that situation faces us at any point, that we have a son nurse as loving and compassionate as me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here today, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com.